The following program originally aired in July of 2010. Peter Marshall died suddenly on September 8th the same year. This was his last interview before his death. We are pleased to rebroadcast this program about such a remarkable man. The Christian heritage of our nation is coming under increasing attack as our society continues to drift towards secularism and paganism. Have we reached the point of no return? Is there any hope for reviving and maintaining the Judeo-Christian principles this nation was founded upon and which made this nation great? Stay tuned as I interview one of Christendom's greatest experts on the Christian heritage of the United States. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Once again, this week I am delighted to have as my special guest the Reverend Peter Marshall, who is one of Christendom's greatest authorities on the religious heritage of our nation. Peter, it's good to have you back. Thank you. Good and we to really be back. appreciate you coming all the way down here from <laughs> Massachusetts. Glad to do it, Dave. Okay. Well, uh, in our last program uh, last week, we discussed the Christian heritage of this nation. This week, I want to look at the challenge to that Christian heritage mm-hmm. that is all around us today. Sure. And is. I'd like to begin by the fact that I noticed in your writings and in some of your videos that you keep referring to the fact that our nation is now in a Nehemiah time. What is a Nehemiah time? What do you mean by that? Well, in the Old Testament, David, we read that the Lord led Nehemiah to come back to the holy city of Jerusalem from exile and to preside over the rebuilding of the walls of the holy city. I believe that we're in a time where God is calling on Americans, America's Christian believers to rebuild the moral and spiritual foundations of this nation. I think that's what I mean. Our walls have come down. Absolutely have. I mean, the, the, the wild boars are trampling the vineyard here. We, we're in serious, serious trouble. I mean, we are losing the moral and spiritual basis of this nation right and left. What are some manifestations of that? Oh, good heavens. Yeah, I mean, it's all around us. Um, you know, the increasing obscenity um, and sexual perversion and so forth that's revealed, uh, you know, cinematically, movies uh, on television, um, increasing use of the F word, obscene language, I mean, all over the place. Abortion? Incre- in- increasing corruption in Washington politically, yes. uh, in business. Uh, it's all around us. The, the American educa- public education has just gone down the chute in terms of, of the loss of any kind of biblical understanding of American history or American civilization or culture. I mean, it's, it, the examples just abound. I mean, they're everywhere. You know, you and I, in our lifetimes have seen this. I was born in 1938. You were born in 1940. And uh, when I was growing up, I grew up in a society where we studied the Christian heritage at school, where we prayed at school, uh, where we had uh, uh, Christmas programs at school that focused on the nativity and the birth of Jesus. Uh, I live, grew up in a society where uh, your word was your, uh, all you had to do was shake yep. hands and that was yep. it. People did not use blasphemous language. You right. didn't see that in movies. You didn't see it. Of course, TV didn't exist at that time. But it, 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 I have seen it change so radically so fast. What yeah. gets me is how fast it's occurred. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the sexual revolution in the 60s, it's gone downhill rapidly. And of course, there are those famous statistics, David Barton and others have pointed out that uh, as soon as the sexual revolution was was 
unleashed in the early 60s, the statistics on on rape, on, you know, violence in, in schools, all this stuff just soared. Now, uh, one of the uh, aspects of this is the rewriting of American history. Right. Now, you have been on a lot of text view, uh, textbook review committees. Uh, could you give us a sense of how American history is being rewritten? Well, it's, it, it started out, David, with sins of omission, you know, where the, where the truths about the Christian belief of the Founding Fathers, for example, as we talked about earlier last week, and uh, the the idea that uh, Christopher Columbus was a committed Christian, was led by the Lord to do what he did uh, because he was a brilliant Bible scholar. All of these things began to be omitted from the history books. But uh, lately, what we've seen in the last 30, 40, 50 years actually is is lies. I mean, accusations of the Founding Fathers being a de- a, all deists, you know, unbelievers, not, not Christian believers, which is flatly untrue. They were Christian believers. But now what we're seeing is is positively wrong statements being made. Well, let's come back to that in just a moment. Yeah. Welcome back to my interview with the Reverend Peter Marshall about the current challenge to America's Christian heritage. Right before the break, uh, we were talking about some manifestations of the uh, corruption in America today. And you were talking about some myths that are being taught today about American history Tell us about some well, of all the, that. Well, again, that all the founding fathers were, were just a bunch of hip, slave-owning hypocrites, you know, this kind of thing. Uh, flatly untrue. Some of them were slaveholders, to be sure. Washington hated slavery, tried three separate schemes to get rid of his slaves, tried to get surrounding planters to take them. Uh, slaves begged him to keep them on Mount Vernon, actually. As a matter of fact, when they became aware of what he was trying to do, because they said nobody will hire us as free blacks around yeah. here. In a, in well, one of the things that seems to drive the historians up the wall is the uh, assertion by anyone that this was founded as a Christian nation. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. I, you know, Washington and these men were, were determined to put these biblical practices and principles in, into practice, and they did. But, but the mythology that's being, it, it's almost, it's virtually impossible, David, in many colleges and universities today to get a decent education in American history because the courses have been politically driven to be narrowed down to to silly kind of focuses on, you know, the kind of thing I kiddingly talk about in terms of the history of women's rights in South Dallas or something. I mean, you know, it, it becomes, you can't put together a basic understanding of what this nation was really all about because they don't have courses that focus on the, the kinds of things yeah. we're talking about anymore. Well, I was talking about the speed of the abandonment because in our lifetimes we've seen this oh, yeah. uh, so it's fast. Oh, deteriorated totally. Let me, let me emphasize this to you for a moment. I want to get your reaction to this. This is a statement that uh, Earl Warren made to Time Magazine in 1954. He was the mm-hmm. Chief Justice of the right. United States Supreme Court at that time. And to me, if a justice were to make this statement today, there would be an immediate move to impeach him. But here is what Earl Warren said to Time Magazine. I believe no one can read the history of our country without realizing that the good book and the spirit of the Savior have from the beginning been our guiding geniuses. Whether we look to the first charter of Virginia or to the charter of New England or the charter of Massachusetts Bay or the fundamental orders of Connecticut, the same objective is present, a Christian land governed by Christian principles. This is 1954. I believe the entire Bill of Rights came into being because of the knowledge of our forefathers had of the Bible and their belief in it. Freedom of belief, of expression, assembly, petition, dignity of the individual, sanctity of the home, equal justice under the law, reservation of powers of the people. I like to believe we are living today in the spirit of the Christian religion. I like also to believe that as long as we do so, 
no great harm will come to this country. Yeah, that's right. And and as we drift away from those principles and reject them, we we are incurring the judgment of Almighty God. I think that's exactly what's going on today in America. I mean, that was an accurate statement, Warren, shared by all kinds of people. I mean, Harry Truman said if, if that all the fundamental rights that are built into American government come from Isaiah and St. Paul. You know, I mean, he, he, he knew perfectly well they all come from Scripture. You know, you're, you're working on a book right now about uh, the Christian heritage of America as it relates to the Civil War. Right. And uh, one of the things that comes to mind is that great proclamation that Abraham Lincoln issued during the Civil War in which he called the, he, in which he stated point blank that he believed that the Civil War was a result of this nation's sin. No question about and it. And that we needed to repent before the Lord. He asked everyone to go to their churches and synagogues, and I think it was on a Thursday of a, of a week, and to pray to God uh, to forgive us of our sins that this war might come to an end. You know, I believe if a President of the United States were to issue such a proclamation like that today, he'd probably be impeached. It's it very much needed, desperately needed yes. for, for a for us to have a president in the White House who will who will say that kind of thing. Now, President Reagan used to talk that way, <laughs> but since then, uh, we have not had as much of that kind of talk. Of course, after 9/11, uh, George Bush talked that way. But I mean, the the, the problem, David, is we've lost that sense of God's judgment uh, because and why? Because we've lost the sense of God's call and His plan for the nation. If you understand God's plan for the nation, that America is to be a moral and spiritual leader, an example to the rest of the world of the possibilities of life on this planet, if you understand that, then you understand that if the nation turns its back on that call, then comes the judgments. I mean, God, look how God dealt with Israel. Yeah. The Puritans saw parallels between God's dealings with ancient Israel and God's dealings with them. And well, I believe I, that parallel still holds. I want to get into that with you now yeah. for just a moment. Uh, one of the things that really impressed me in your book, The Light and the Glory, was the way in which the preachers in the early history of America would see a major calamity Right. as a judgment of God. Right. And they would immediately rush to the pulpit and preach and say, this is a calamity, this is a remedial judgment of God. God right. is calling us to repentance. We must get on our knees. And right. people would do it. Well, in, New, in early New England, 1675, King Philip's War broke out, the only amassed Indian uprising in New England history. All right. Philip was chief Massasoit of the pilgrims, chief Massasoit's son, and he had been baptized a Christian, but he turned against the Lord, and, and Satan got a hold of him, and he led this amassed Indian uprising. The preachers began preaching that this was God's judgment on the colonies because they'd been drifting away from the, the stronger Christian faith of their fathers and grandfathers. They'd been drifting away from this, and, and God was allowing Satan to attack them through the Indians to visit his judgment upon to bring them to repentance. They, they thundered from the pulpits, David, so many times, sermons based on texts from Jeremiah, mm -hmm. that historians have come to call those sermons Jeremiads. It's become <laughs> a, a class of American preaching, historically speaking. So that, I mean, that was the clear understanding. When, when the king died, when there was drought, I mean, there are examples in the light and the glory uh, of uh, how the pilgrims responded to drought, drove them into repentance, into the meeting house and prayer. Fabulous story um, that is d well documented that they spent the entire day in there in prayer. They came out, they threw the doors open late in the afternoon. The sky was black with rain clouds. Now, it hadn't rained a drop in over 11 weeks. Their crops, on which they were dependent for food, of course, along with what they could catch in the bay, their crops had died. 
But the next morning after that day-long prayer meeting, it began to rain a gentle soaking, soft rain, Mm -hmm. lasted on and off for weeks, and literally revived their crops. But, I mean, repentance was called for. They knew enough back then, David, that when we're in trouble... We, sh- we need to get down on our knees and seek the Lord. My wife and I uh, have a devotional every morning, and right now we're reading the book of Judges. And it's just the same cyclical uh, story over and sure. over. You know, yeah. rebellion against God, right. God brings uh, uh, persecution right. upon them. They repent, right. God right. raises up a judge. And, and it just goes over and over. Yeah. And the Bible says God never changes. And yet right. I run across pastors all over the place today who say, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me give you an example. Uh, I was banned from a local church, a very large church here in the Dallas area because I preached a sermon that uh, uh, the people received but the pastor did not. And the sermon was that Katrina was a remedial judgment of God upon this nation. And he went through the ceiling. He said, that's the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament, God of love and grace and mercy. He would never put a remedial judgment upon anyone. I've been through the same thing, David, Uh, just recently, um, not too long ago, was with a pastor. uh, in in another state that said that uh, he did not believe that God visited judgment upon people at all, that that was all Old Testament, and that there would be no more, no judgments of God until the day of judgment. And I, he said, can you show me that in the New Testament? I said, give me a, give me a few minutes. Yeah, I, next morning I presented him a list of passages <laughs> from the New Testament. I mean, it's just, you know. Well, that, Romans chapter 1 talks about how when a society begins to rebel against God, God lowers the hedge of protection, steps absolutely. back, and allows evil to multiply. Well, welcome to America. Amen. Currently, that's exactly what's going on here. Yeah. Because and we've done that. So I, I think that this attitude that, uh, that was evidenced in these preachers uh, throughout the New England area in the they early history right. or is, is an attitude yeah. that should be in our pulpits today. People should be preaching for repentance in our pulpits well, today. Those guys, those boys knew their scripture. And today we've gotten seduced by this, by this bless me Jesus kind of mentality where we don't, we don't take, we're lacking a holy fear of God, a holy fear of God. I'm not talking about cowering fear. I, I agree. But we lack that sense of awe, and we're, we're dealing with the creator of the entire universe here. And, and he's become kind of a buddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, That's right. It's like we don't understand him. I mean, he loves us, loves us desperately, but he's not our buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you've got that right. And, and yeah. it's, it's, it's so disconcerting to me as I flip TV channels, for example, and see church services uh, to hear just sermons that are, are just related to how you can live a positive life, and they're mainly positive psychology. And yep. here is a nation that is going to hell in a handbasket, right. and somebody needs to be calling people to repentance. Right, absolutely. It's the missing ingredient, David, in modern American Christianity, which is why we have no revival. Because revival never, 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 never happens. I mean, read your Bible, read history. Revival never happens without repentance first. That's right. Well, we certainly need repentance in this nation. You know, it occurred to me years ago when I was traveling abroad that every time I went to a motel, hotel room in any country in the world, if I knew I turned on that TV set, yeah. I was going to see the most violent, blasphemous, immoral American movies and yeah. television. We are the moral polluter of the entire planet, and yeah. God's going to hold us responsible for that. It's one of the things the Muslims, one of the very few things the yeah. Muslims accuse us of worldwide that's correct. Uh, of being immoral in that sense. And, you know, we need, to, we need to take that accusation away from them. 
Peter, has our nation reached the point of no return? Is there any hope whatsoever? Are we destined to destruction? I think absolutely there's hope, David. Uh, my ministry verse is Second Chronicles seven fourteen. has been for many, many years. That verse starts with a two-letter word that's critically important, if. If. <laughs> if. In other words, this is conditional, no slam dunk here, okay? It's like, <laughs> if my people who are called by my name, so this is aimed at the believers, all right, not the unbelievers. If my people will humble themselves, meaning before we get humbled, if they will pray and seek my face, which is more than just showing up at church once a week, and thirdly, and here's the key thing, if they, the believers, will turn from their wicked ways, the ways of self, the ways of half-hearted commitment, then God says, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. So the healing of the land, David, because that's what he's promising, based on these on our fulfilling these conditions the healing on the land of the land depends upon our turning from our wicked ways that's why i said earlier the call to repentance is so critically important it's the key to americans being saved it's the key to the nation surviving uh, much less fulfilling the the role of moral and spiritual leadership to which we're called so there is hope but it's got to start with the body of Christ. We've got to go deeper in Jesus. We've got to push through this shallow, superficial, you know, bless me, Jesus, kind of take away all my pains and problems and make life better for me. And, and all this self-centered focus, mm-hmm. uh, it's not focused on going deeper in Jesus. It's just focused on picking up the blessings, <laughs> see, and that, that doesn't work. That's not New Testament Christianity. Well, you know, uh, one of the things about that verse you just quoted that, that uh, is encouraging is the Lord does not say that everybody has to repent. He says, if right. my people, the people who are called by His name, that's the hope Christians of it. would do it. See, that's the hope but of you it. See, that, the problem is that Christians all across this nation, we're, we're all part of the problem. Oh. If, if Christians would stop buying lottery tickets, the lotteries would close down. If Christians would stop getting abortions, the abortion right. mills, I mean people who call themselves Christians. Right, that's right, what right, I'm talking right. about. Uh, we are part of the problem. Well, there's a, there's a superficial Christian veneer Yes, cultural, what I call cultural Christianity. Right, exactly. That is what it is, is cultural Christianity, especially in the South where there's been more of a tradition of evangelicalism. There's a veneer. This is what I call good old boy Christians, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Well, are you a Christian? Well, of course I'm a Christian. I go to church, don't I? I mean, you know, this kind of, and, and there's, it's and like. all the time you better be careful because he may spit tobacco on you. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, where is Jesus in this picture? It's like, you know, where are you with Jesus? That's, that's the crucial question. You know, is he really a personal Savior and Lord in your, in your life on a daily basis? I mean, do you, do you rely on him? The older I get, David, and the longer I live, the more I realize that there really is nothing but Jesus. I mean, he is everything, everything. Everything in your life, or should be, yeah, depends on that relationship with Him. Amen. And it's it. We have got to go deeper. Jesus Himself said, "If any man would come after Me, you know, if you want to be a Christian, let him what deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow Me." Daily is in Luke, Luke's version of that verse. So that the call to self-denial. I mean, you don't hear this preached no. from the pulpits today. But this is what opens the power of Jesus to be loosed in your life is when you get really serious 
about dealing with that fallen old sinful nature in there that you're still carrying around even though you've been born again and hopefully filled with the Holy Spirit for years. Well, you're really touching on the essence of Christianity there because it's really not a religion as, as right. most people. It is a relationship. Absolutely. A and relationship. One that's supposed to be ever deepening on a daily basis. We're supposed to be getting more and more into union with Jesus. Less of, less of self, more of Jesus on a daily basis. And yet you, this is not being taught. David, the, 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 the preaching and the, the level of preaching and teaching in our churches today is the worst I've ever seen it in my entire lifetime. It's just not there. We're not calling people to this deeper life. This is reflected in the polls that uh, are taken every year of entering freshmen into um, uh, evangelical colleges like Wheaton. Yeah. And every year they give them a, a quiz, a basic Bible, not like right. really tough Name one of the apostles. Name yeah. one of the gospels. They can't do it. Yeah. And and they're coming from evangelical churches. And you wonder, are they just having weenie roasts or what? Yeah. They certainly are not studying the Word of God. Well, I you know one of the I just the, the whole mega church movement and all that. It's awfully easy to get lost in the cracks. Now a lot of pastors are aware of this. Okay, there are a lot of good pastors out there that are really trying to deal with this. But I, I just, I sometimes think with, with a lot of these churches across the land, I sometimes think the only thing they're worried about is getting a Starbucks in the lobby. You know, <laughs> I mean, really. It, it's, I mean, it's, we're, we're not in good shape here, the body of Christ. I mean, look, look at the worldwide, David, the, the explosion of genuine New Testament Christianity. Where is it happening? Africa. That's right. Asia. Latin America. The, the locus of, of real biblical Christianity and belief in biblical Christianity has moved into the southern hemisphere. Amen. Out of the northern. So, I mean, there's a shift globally going on. And, and tragically, North, the North American continent's being left out of this. I mean, we've got all this show of Christianity, but where's the power of Jesus? You know, where's the repentance? Where's the revival? So, we've got a lot of homework to do, in a literal sense. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy. As was announced at the beginning of this program, the interview with Peter Marshall that you have been viewing was videotaped in 2010, just a few months before he died suddenly of a heart attack. There is no doubt in my mind that Peter Marshall was a prophetic voice raised up by God to call this nation to repentance, and I'm glad to say that his voice will not be stilled by his death. That's because he has left behind a rich heritage which can be accessed at his ministry's website. On that website you will find his great series of books about the Christian heritage of our nation. You will also find an assortment of video messages and essays. Next week, the Lord willing, we're going to share with you another interview we did with Peter Marshall about the Christian legacy of his remarkable parents. His father, Dr. Peter Marshall, was one of the greatest preachers of the 20th century. And his mother, Catherine Marshall, became one of Christendom's most beloved novelists. And now, I'd like to conclude this program with an excerpt from one of Peter Marshall's video programs entitled, America in Moral and Spiritual Crisis. Here now is Peter Marshall. So what do we conclude here today about America and God's plan for us? Just this. If America is, and all of our history points in this direction, if America is a divine experiment in self-government, then folks, what that means for us today is that we have to understand the healing and restoration that America so desperately needs can never come in this nation from the top down. 
Not in America. Why not? Because this is still government of the people, by the people, and for the people. By the way, Abe Lincoln didn't make that up. He was quoting John Wycliffe, the father of the English Protestant Reformation, who in 1383, after he'd just finished translating for the very first time the Bible into the English language, he said he did that so that the English-speaking people could read the Word of God in their own tongue and then create a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. America is a direct descendant of the English Protestant Reformation. That's why we're here. We're built on that Reformed theology. A divine experiment in self-government. You see, in America, the healing and restoration we've got to have has to come from the bottom up, not from the top down, from the bottom up. Grassroots revival, border to border, coast to coast. That's the hope for America. And we've got to seize it. Now, how do we get one? By putting Second Chronicles 7.14 into practice. Remember, my fellow Americans, what the Word of God says. If my people, the believers, will turn from their wicked ways, I will heal their land. That's God's promise. Is there hope for America? Yes. But we've got to seize it and act upon it. That is what I believe with all my heart. God is saying today to the American people, and you are called to be a part of this. We need every believer in this nation, man, woman, and child, grandparents, parents, children, young people, to get this vision and to choose to act upon it. Remember, we have God's promise. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. God bless you and God bless America. What are the facts about our religious heritage and the faith of our founding fathers? Purchase the three-part DVD, America's Christian Heritage, and find out. Join Dr. David Reagan interviewing the Reverend Peter Marshall as he shares more than 30 years of intense research into the original documents of the men and women who shaped America. You will hear stories few have ever heard. Peter Marshall quotes the very words of the Founding Fathers revealing how ignorant we have become of real history. Part 1 reveals little-known facts on our nation's Christian heritage. Part 2 is a discussion of the challenges facing that heritage. And as a special bonus, Part 3 concludes with Peter Marshall sharing his personal Christian heritage with two remarkable parents, famous preacher Dr. Peter Marshall and popular author Catherine Marshall. America's Christian Heritage could be yours for a gift of $12 or more plus shipping. Call 1-800-705-8316 today to request a copy or order online at lamblion.com. Hello, my name is Nathan Jones, web minister with Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're using the internet to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ to over 1 billion people who access the internet now and after the rapture. I'd like to invite you to come and check out our website at www.lamblion.com. You will find a wealth of information about Bible prophecy, gaining a big picture view into God's plan for the ages and learn how His eternal plan relates to you in the here and now. Watch online episodes of Christ and Prophecy for in-depth teachings on end-time events. Read from the library of articles covering all aspects of God's prophetic word. Subscribe free to receive the Lamplighter magazine, e-newsletter, and blog to stay up to date on current events as they relate to Bible prophecy. Equip yourself to share the good news with others using materials from our resource center 
Come visit lamblion.com today. And don't forget to request our catalog of Bible prophecy resources. Every product produced by our ministry is included with detailed descriptions for each one, including books, magazines, CDs, and DVDs. Christ in Prophecy is made possible through the faithful and generous support of viewers like you. Please consider making a donation to Lamb and Lion Ministries so that we can continue broadcasting the message of Jesus' soon return. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 